Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm your host, Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcast host. And today I'm joined by Christine, Senior Design Manager at LinkedIn. And today our, to- our topic focuses on how you can nail a UX interview anywhere, including LinkedIn. But before we dive into the podcast, I want to remind you to support my podcast. And you can do that by buying me a sweet cup of coffee remotely by my website, uh, usersfirstpodcast.com. And you can also join our Discord channel where we post job opportunities and we chat about UX design. And if you don't have a UX design network, that's a good opportunity to meet other designers. Before we jump into the episode, a little bit about Christine. She works as a senior design manager at LinkedIn, where she leads a team of designers that create the Pages product, which allows for organizations to create a profile on LinkedIn. She's highly involved in the hiring process, and today she'll give us some tips and guidance on how you can nail a UX interview at LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us, Christine. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be talking to you as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, if, if you guys want to know how I met Christine, I connected with her on the ADP list and she's been helping re- literally hundreds of people and uh, the reviews that she's been getting on the ADP list are amazing. Uh, she's uh, she's transforming people's lives and, uh, and helping people uh, really make a big step up in their career. So kudos for that, Christine. You're amazing. <laughs> Too kind of you. Thank you, Alessia. You're very welcome. So why don't you give us a, a landscape of um, of the ways, of the types of interviews that there is for UX design slash product design in, in general? Yeah, for sure. Happy to give an overview. So um, yeah, I'll speak to my experience both as like now doing interviews at LinkedIn, but also from my experience, like actually taking interviews when I was a student um, and like looking for new jobs. So um, in terms of the UX industry, I've seen primarily four different types of uh, UX interviews that people have to do. One, the most common one is a portfolio review. And what that is, is like, you know, you are walking through a case study of like one or two of your projects that you've worked on and doing a presentation in front of your interviewers to show what your process is like, you know, what are the outputs of your case study? And they ask you a bunch of different behavioral questions and questions around, um, you know, your design thinking and just validating how, how you are as a designer. Um, the second type of case study that, or not case study, interview that I've seen too is an app critique. So an app critique is, for example, like they might ask you to open up an app, uh, like say Google Maps, and then you critique it live with the interviewer. And what they're looking for there is just basically how you structure your design thinking and how do you give feedback and how do you brainstorm? Um, So that one's kind of a fun one, an interesting one. So sometimes you're playing, doing this on the fly and there's a few techniques in terms of preparation, but can be a little challenging if somebody hasn't done a critique before. Um, A third type that I've seen is a whiteboard challenge. So a whiteboard challenge is typically like where the interviewer gives you a prompt of some sort. So it's a design challenge, like how would you design the interface of an ATM, for example? (laughs) And you kind of walk through that process and you have either a blank sheet of paper, like a digital whiteboard or like a physical whiteboard if you're doing it in person. And you're basically like showing the steps of your process in terms of how you're thinking through this design problem and ultimately getting to a solution while you're brainstorming with your interviewers. 
Um, and then the fourth kind that I've seen is a take home design challenge. So this is one where the interviewer gives you a prompt and you have some time to work on it at home. So it's usually time boxed. It could be anywhere from like a day or maybe a week where you have to work through the solution. And usually they want you to submit some sort of like portfolio piece. So it's a case study again, that demonstrates like your design thinking, your process, and then the final output. And they're evaluating to see whether or not you actually address the question in the way that they were looking for. So yeah, so it's a combination of those things, uh, plus behavioral questions that you'll get throughout your interviews too. So there's a lot of different things that do UX designers have to prepare for as they're looking for jobs. Oh my gosh, that was fantastic. That was a that was a great overview of um of all of the of all of the types of interviews that there is in uh, for does this apply for UX design and product design and, and, and UI in general for all of the three aspects of the area? Yeah, it, it definitely does. And I haven't even covered like UX research interviews or content designers, mm. which are like, you know, functions within the broader product design field, but they actually have slightly different interview techniques as well. So for example, like a UX researcher, they might have, instead of a take-home design challenge, they might have like a case study where they uh, get some sort of prompt and they have to come up with like the, the methodology of how they would like approach that problem. Or like, wow. for example, a content designer who does writing, they might get a prompt as well, but then they have to come up with like some suggestions in terms of the copy or the writing for that particular product. So it's a similar mm. format, but it's just that the questions can be different. And then the techniques that you use to apply for these different interviews are also very different. I see. Which one, which one, uh, um, which one would you say is the most common one uh, in general? You being from the San Francisco area, which one have you seen uh, the most? the most asked one in the interview? Yeah, so I think the most common one for like, so let's stick to UX designers and product designers. The most common one is gonna be a portfolio review. And I've seen um, both small companies and large companies do this and agencies as well. So I think if you're like practicing all of the different types of interview techniques, the number one one to focus in on and nail is your portfolio. Primarily because it's also, you need to use it to apply. So a lot of places are going to be looking at your portfolio and your resume and your LinkedIn profile to even see if you qualify. And then if you qualify, usually the first round is going to be a lot of like the portfolio review and asking you questions about your case studies so that they can kind of understand what you're, what you're like as a designer um, before you even move on to the other stuff. So I would say if, if you practice any of them, that's the most important one to nail. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, some people sometimes ask me, uh, you know, how important their certificate of, of UX design is, you know, like whether they, they got in, in, in a university or in a, or in an online course. And what I, what I keep on telling them is, look, don't worry about your, your online certificate or whatever diploma you have, as far as your portfolio is nailed down and you can explain it correctly, then you should be finding your interview. So that should be a priority, like Christine said. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with, you know, the portfolio review too, what a lot of interviewers are looking for uh, is the quality of your experiences, right? So, and it's hard to just judge by looking at it in a digital format, like what you're really thinking 
and how you're prioritizing, for example. So that's why bringing it into an interview for an interviewer, they can get a lot deeper in terms of understanding like how you are as a designer, what you do, like how do you prioritize your work? How do you think about your process? So I think it's gonna be uh, pretty critical to just nail it regardless if you're a junior designer or a designer with 10 years of experience, like it's, it's pretty much expected at this point in the industry. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And uh, what what are the steps in a uh, LinkedIn in terms of uh, in terms of the interview process? Do you do you follow do you follow these types of um, interview steps? How, how do you how do you how does it work at LinkedIn? I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I think um, with with things kind of moving to more of like a digital hybrid work format, we've we've also moved our interviews to be uh, you know digital friendly. So um, in terms of like the interview process at LinkedIn, so the first step, there's definitely like an application of sorts. So if you're applying on LinkedIn, um, like linkedin.com for a particular job, um, you would need to submit your resume, your LinkedIn profile and your portfolio. So then what happens from there is that usually uh, our team of recruiters will be looking through and just finding candidates that kind of meet the basic criteria and requirements for that job description. And if they like what they see, then they will uh, schedule like a short interview with you just to kind of get to know you, see what your interest is at LinkedIn generally, um, ask you maybe a few questions about your work experience and um, you know a few behavioral questions too to understand like what's your personality like, what's your work style like. Um, and if you pass that screen, then what happens is that we have a technical screen. So that portfolio case study walkthrough that I was talking about is one of the key parts so you'll be expected to do that um, with two other interviewers and you'll be walking through one or two case studies that you've done in your past. And they'll be asking you questions just around the process, like how you work with the team, uh, what are challenges that you encountered, things like that. Um, then there's a second part of that uh, technical screen interview uh, in which you do an app critique. So the app critique is with a different designer but you'll be walking through uh, like an app on your phone and critiquing it along the way with the interviewer. And basically what we're looking for at that part is again, just like understanding your thinking process. How do you structure verbally a critique? Like what do you identify as opportunities of improvement for like this particular app, right? And are you thinking about things more broadly just than just like visual design and interaction design? Like, what do you think about information architecture, strategy, you know, how the business is like approaching this type of stuff. So those are the types of things that we'll be looking for in an app critique. If you pass that round, then what happens is you come on for a final um, onsite. So the final onsite is like a one hour interview where you present uh, more information about your background. And then again, uh, one or two of the case studies. And it's in front of a panel of different designers and managers. And most of the time, the people in that panel are going to be doing one-on-one -on -one interviews with you later, later down in the day. Wow. Um, and then afterwards you do, I think it's about four one-on-one 45-minute -on -one interviews with um, different people from across the design organization. Um, yeah. And a lot of the questions that you'll get tend to be very behavioral. It's just more understanding about you, or they might be questions about the case studies that you presented. Um, so that's typically the format that we do for like people with experience. Um, the only difference is like if you are applying for our internship, for example, like as a student, uh, instead of an app critique, we give you a take home design challenge. So a take home design challenge, it's usually like a problem that's related to LinkedIn. 
and we give them one week to kind of work on it on their own, document the case study, and then submit it for feedback. So yeah, so that's more or less kind of our interview process. Um, it might sound like a lot of steps as I'm like saying it. And sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, this is like so intense. But to be honest, I think like our interview process is pretty similar to what the large tech companies do. So Google, Facebook, Apple, you know, Netflix, like all these guys usually do a, a similar combination of these different types of design challenges and interview techniques. So if you are interested in applying to a big tech company, um, this is more or less like a standard practice. So um, yeah, mm. so hopefully that kind of helps you understand. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was very insightful, and uh, I have to be honest, I wasn't expecting so many steps. But but like but like you said, at the end of the day, it's not that many. I guess the most challenging day is probably the the last day because it's a very it's a very long day. So as you're going through the interviews, you have to make sure that um, that you keep yourself up, that you're not uh, you know that you still have to show that you're know, you're motivated, you're enthusiastic about the the job that you're applying for. Um, for me, that would be the most uh, that would be the most stressful day because uh, it would be very hard for me to be <laughs> to be active on uh, on eight hours uh, on a day now with eight hours interview. Oh my gosh, I can't even speak English anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It's actually not eight hours. It's more close to like uh, like four ish hours, but it's still a very long yeah, still a part long, of the process. Yeah. yeah, I I suggest lots of water, uh, caffeine <laughs> if you need it. And also not being afraid to ask for like a bio break if you need it. So sometimes you just like keep going, but if you're like hungry or dehydrated, you're not going to mm -hmm. perform well. So yeah, it's okay to take a few minutes of time in between. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a good tip. My tip as um, a, an Italian guy that likes to eat a lot of pasta would be for lunch, don't have a, don't have a lot of pasta or carbohydrates because then you're going to fall asleep in your interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> that that's the that's my daily challenge to be honest i I'm, I'm i'm trying not to eat too much at lunch otherwise i'll be very unproductive at work a, a beautiful yeah, a christian <laughs> yeah a salad or a sandwich that's about it so like how how do you think people should prepare for for their interviews like uh what kind of preparation should they go through because this this is all the process right should someone just go into the view and go into the interview and and wing it as a go, or should it go through some type of preparation? Yeah, I think it's important for people to do some level of preparation, even if you're like an experienced designer, um, primarily because like interviewing, it's like a very different mindset of talking about your work that you might not be used to in the day to day. So whenever you do like a first interview, you're going to you're guaranteed to be very rusty. Um, so what a few things that I recommend for people is like, yes, definitely prepare. Um, but when you're preparing, it's, it's actually different techniques for every type of interview. So for example, like with a behavioral interview, what you might want to do is, um, write out like some scenarios of different situations where you might've had like to deal with conflict or deal with collaboration or convince people your way. So having stories basically in your back pocket is gonna be super helpful because a lot of the questions that you get around these behavioral interviews are around like, tell me a time you did this, you know, those kinds of situations. 
Um, and there's also something called the STAR method. So if folks haven't heard of it, you can easily Google it, but it's a very common method to structure the answers of your questions. And it stands for situation, task, action, and result. And by structuring your behavioral questions in this way, it makes it really easy for the interviewer to follow along in your storytelling. Otherwise you can go on and on forever and then like lose the fact that you forget even what the question is. Hmm. So the STAR method really helps you. So I'd say like those are probably the top tips that I give for the behavioral interviews. For the portfolio interview, what I would recommend is specifically um, in terms of format, I highly prefer people who do it in like slides uh, versus on their website. The primary reason is because when you're going through the interview, sometimes people might ask you a question and you need to reference a particular point in time of that case study. And it helps to flip through slides very quickly and it helps you to structure the story versus trying to scroll and find it up and down in your portfolio website, which can be a little bit more jarring. Um, and also with the portfolio story, a lot of it is storytelling. So what you need to practice is your timing techniques, um, the points that you're trying to get across. So like, is it like easy for people to understand without a lot of context? Do they understand like why you're doing this, not what you're doing? Like that's very critical. Um, and yeah, and like, is it logical? Like, are you explaining it in a way that people follow along and understand how you got to the next step of the process? Um, and then with app critiques, like I would say with app critiques, just practice. So look at a bunch of different apps and sometimes the companies will tell you which apps that they might give you to interview on. So definitely take a look at those and think about like, uh, like critiques or feedback that you would give across the strategy of the app, um, who the users are, the information architecture, navigation, um, the interaction design and the visual design. I would say if you hit those things, it's probably the most critical things to hit in the app critique. You can always add stuff later on about like, you know, uh, motion accessibility, like other things. But if you nail like those, those five criteria that I talked about, you'll be generally pretty prepared for an app critique. Um, and then for like a take home design challenge, <laughs> the biggest thing to think about is just structuring your time. So um, especially for students who are doing this for the first time, like you say you have five days to do an app critique, I mean, not an app critique, a take-home design challenge. Um, doing research takes a long time. So really time box yourself and be like, I'm only gonna do one day of research because if you end up spending three days doing research, you don't have enough time to actually do the final output. So a lot of that exercise is more of like structuring your agenda and planning it out before you start. So um, I would say those are probably like the biggest like pieces of advice that I have for each of these different types of ones. Uh, oh, whiteboard challenge. I forgot about that too. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, and yes. then Let's the keep whiteboard challenge. Yeah, oh, sorry. So it's, so, it's so good to speak to you because like I can ask you a question and, and, and so much information gets, gets out of your brain and uh, it's just beautiful. Please keep going. <laughs> yeah, and this will be my last one, I promise. So for the whiteboard challenge, I would say the biggest pieces of advice is to have a structured format that you would go in with this. So for example, um, you can Google this, but there's a lot of different like ways to lay out your whiteboard, for example, or uh, ways to document things. The things that I just think about is like, uh, make sure you document the problem that you're solving for, the people that you're solving it for, um, 
like example constraints and requirements that you might be anchoring yourself to and then uh, do a flow and then start doing wireframes and then make sure you have a conclusion at the end. Um, so usually if you lay it out in that format, similar to how you would do the design process, it, and, and then also figure out from an agenda standpoint, like, okay, I should spend like five minutes like nailing the user part before I start the flow. Like thinking about that timing is also gonna really help you nail the whiteboarding challenge. Basically what I'm coming down to is for the preparation of each of these, you need to have a strategy going in. And the strategy is more around how you time yourself so that you like hit the things and then what are the things that you're gonna hit in the interview. So I would say those are probably the most critical things to think about as you prepare. And if you kind of have like a strategy going in, no matter what kind of questions or like uh, techniques that get thrown at you, you'll have a higher degree of confidence that you can nail it. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's also, it's also I, I can totally see this whole process very, very challenging for a person. So uh, it can be very stressful. It can really make make you question your own skills when you're in front of uh, people that are working for a big organization like like LinkedIn. So under a circumstance of stress, the best way to approach it would be to be very well prepared. So I can see everything that you're saying extremely useful. The star method for uh, for the storytelling of your edge scenarios in your past in your past occurrences. The whiteboard challenge uh, uh, of um, the whiteboard challenge preparation with uh, nailing down the problem and the people and the constraints and and uh, uh, making sure that your timing is right when you take the the, the, the challenge at home and practicing apps critiques before going into the strategy uh, before going into interview and uh, having kind of a, a very clear portfolio format and narrative so you make sure you explain the why rather than the what when you're going into the the interviews. Uh, is there is there like <laughs> yeah just I was just uh wrapping up basically what you said for for the listeners who, who got distracted and I hope you didn't because this is a rare opportunity that we get someone from LinkedIn so experienced so you better you better be very very attentive to this. Um, I had a question. Uh, is there is there like uh, an area like you you have interviewed a lot of people right? Is there an area that you have seen that a lot of people fail during interviews like? They didn't really pay attention to that, and but but it was a big red flag for you. Yeah, I'll mostly talk about it from behavioral and portfolio, because um, those are going to be the more common ones, and um, we can dive into the other ones if you want later, um, Alessio. Okay. But yeah, but I think for the portfolio one, one of the biggest things that I see, uh, I'm I'm going to talk about it more from like junior designers. Um, mm is that they show a lot of what they're doing in the process. So for example, like I did research and I did these iterations and you know I came up with these like final designs, but the problem is 90% um, of the people have the same process. So it's not mm. so much about what are the steps in your process, but why are you doing these things in the step of your process right. and how one stage of your process. So for example, with research, like, what are the insights that you're gathering? Who are the people that you're like focusing your problem on? And why those things matter to your final designs and how you're integrating them. So what's really key for the storytelling in your portfolio review is that you're bringing people along in these steps so that they understand why you're doing it, how they connect, um, and not just what you're doing. 
So I'd say that's like very, very critical um, to show. Um, yeah, so you, and then- Would you the, say- Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Would you say that uh, the star method then, if it has to be at the fundamentals of everything that you're doing for your portfolio, for your edge scenarios, uh, in order to be able to, to engage the people, the people that you're giving this presentation to? Yeah, so I think the STAR method mostly um, applies to just the behavioral questions, not so much mm -hmm. the portfolio part. The portfolio part is more of just like, you know, again, demonstrating your process and the final output. So, um, but like telling it in a logical format that people understand the why, like I, I mentioned. I um, yeah. Or the behavioral, I think, kind of getting to that, where I see a lot of people struggle is in those types of questions where it's like, tell me a time you did this, um, where most people forget when they're trying to apply like the answer is in the STAR method is the action and result part. Um, they get so tied up in telling the story and what they're doing that they hmm. forget to tell me what was the outcome or what was their particular action that they did. And um, especially when it's in a group setting, it can be really hard to differentiate because sometimes people are saying a lot of like, we, so for example, like me and my product manager were dealing with this conflict. So we did this and we did that. But what I'm looking for is what you did. Like, what was your contribution? How did you drive the result? Um, so that's really critical to remember if you're trying to apply that technique in the behavioral interview. Um, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what, what else, uh, what else do you think, uh, am I stand out in the, in the, in the job interview that, uh, that the person might do, uh, for example, um, uh, final, final end of interviews, um, questions, right? How, how important are those? Yeah. So I would say like, when you're going through the interview process, the way that I think about it is that every touch point you have with a person, whether it's a recruiter or a hiring manager or another designer, um, and even when you're in person, like the way that I used to think about it is like, if I met like the secretary who's in the lobby, like you need to be nice and like have this good presence in, in front of everyone because mm -hmm. um, all these people can help make the decision and the process at the end of the day around uh, whether or not you may get the job offer. So um, you really I have see. to think about that. Like you, you don't wanna treat the recruiter badly. Like for example, if you are uh, trying to negotiate, um, like you should definitely negotiate. I'm not saying that, like you should always negotiate for a fair salary that you think is good, but don't do it in a way that's like so rude and standoffish too, because that could that can also like affect the way that they perceive you, right, as part of the interview process. So um, I think that's really important. And then the other part too, is not just how you present yourself, but how you um, like thank people along the way. So one thing that's actually really interesting is that um, I do a lot of interviews and you get surprised how few thank you messages that I get from people reaching out afterwards. Um, but, you know, those thank you messages really leave like a strong impression for the person who's doing the interview because it shows that you have like really content, that you very like care a lot about their time. Right? It's just like a nice like cherry on top after the interview process. So if you think about it as a total package versus just when you're doing the interview, that can really help you put yourself in the mindset to succeed as well.
Oh, I love it so much. And I, I completely agree on that. That's, that's the cherry on top because uh, what, can you do, what can you do to stand out that other people don't, right? So you can be, you can be more caring during your interview. You can actually care about the people that, that are trying to give you a job. Um, have a better narrative. So don't just, don't just get caught up in the details of your portfolio or of your, of your story. Uh, explain more the outcomes and uh, and um, and why and why you took certain approaches. Absolutely love that. Sometimes even myself, I get caught up in the details. I'm I'm really trying not to do that right now. I'm trying to think about more the overall of things, the the overall of a of a software, the overall of a prototype, the overall of the story rather than the actual thing. So that that was a that was a very clever advice, uh, Christine. Yeah, totally. And one other thing that I was thinking about as you were talking, Alessio, is like um, showing more of your personality too in the interview process is like super mm. helpful. And what I mean by that isn't just like showing me your work, but like in the portfolio review, for example, spend some time introducing yourself, talk about your background, talk about your interests. Um, sometimes the most memorable candidates I get, they don't actually talk about their design work. It's it's like a story around like why they got into design or maybe a hobby that they're very passionate about, um, you know, that kind of like influences the work that they do. And those types of things are like make you very unique in terms of your background. So don't shy away from that in the interview process. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I can I can see that also be as uh, as um as standing out from from other people. Um, also, um, do you have any tips on uh, on how to go into the job interview process uh, more uh, more relaxed, let's say, because uh, it is going to be a quite stressful day, whatever day you're going through. Do you have any tips for that? Any suggestions? Yeah, totally. So a few things that I do to just like help myself calm my nerves. So one, especially if it's like a digital kind of like Zoom interview, um, you can have notes, right? They're not going to see those notes because they don't see what's on your side of the computer. So if it makes you feel more confident to write something on a, like a sticky note, right? Like for example, if you have a tendency to talk really fast while you present because you're nervous, you could just write a sticky note that just reminds you to slow down. Um, or you have like post-it notes of like scenarios that you can call when you're trying to do the behavioral questions so you don't forget, right? So those are some things that you can do to kind of help yourself and prepare along the way. The other thing that I would recommend is just try to do a practice, at least one practice with like a friend or um, somebody who works in the industry so that you like feel you get some of those butterflies out. It's kind of like a dry run, right? Like so so that can help you um, stay relaxed. The last thing that I would say is um, depending on like where your nerves are, <laughs> sometimes people don't like seeing other people. So the nice thing with like Zoom and Google Meets and all these things is like, you can really minimize the camera. So instead of like looking at yourself and the people, just like focus in on the dot where the camera is. So you don't see the number of people that you're interviewing with. Um, and that might not make you as nervous too, because then you're just like talking. <laughs> but for some people it doesn't work because then they're not getting the feedback and they don't see the reactions. So it, it just kind of depends on, um, on like whether that technique works for you or not but those are some things that i do to just make myself feel like less nervous oh my gosh i absolutely love that um and to be honest i ask you for my own uh, for my own curiosity as well because sometimes i uh, you know in my, in my past i i did get nervous during job interviews and um 
and the, the way to calm me down was, you know, during, there would be a break during the job interview, like in between, between one hour and the other hour. And what what I usually do was you know do some push ups or do some uh, or do like a very quick run and then go back into the the job interview. But next time I'll make sure to have uh, the sticky notes around and and um, yeah I'll try to be more calm. Cheers for that, yeah. Christine. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's like a good one too, right? Take take <laughs> some water, like stand up if that makes you less nervous, right? Just like do certain things. Crack a joke in the interview. It's totally fine. They're people too, right? It's it's not like we're just judging you the whole time. So um, yeah, yeah. So treat it as like more of a human exchange and like conversation. You also will be less nervous than being like, oh my gosh, they're going to drill me on everything and I have to like know everything. So, yeah, if, yeah. If you think that way, you're completely screwed. If you, if you, if you get scared a bit and you know, that you might lose the job and uh, for something that you say, uh, eventually, like that thought is gonna become true. So, I, I, one of the ways that I used to approach job interviews was to go to go completely um, with the idea that I was okay to to not be hired. Uh, to uh, like, you would say like fearless, right? Going to the job interview uh, without having the fear to be rejected. So I would, you know, I would say whatever I feel like saying. Um, you know, I would crack a joke, and uh, if people liked it, then that's fine. If they don't, uh, who cares? I'm not gonna get hired anyway. I don't know. Is that yeah. is that a good way to look at the at the job interview process? Well, to feel I mean, more actually, comfortable. I think, yeah, I actually think it's like an important point, Alessio, because sometimes as like uh, a designer, especially somebody who's trying to break into the industry, uh, you might be like really feeling at times like really desperate that you like want any job, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll do whatever it takes to make the other person happy and like um, accept you as who you are as a person to get that job. The thing that you have to remember as you're doing interviews is that it's an equal exchange. So you're also evaluating the culture of that company and the person that you're interviewing. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, if you feel like you're trying a lot and that person isn't connecting with you or it's just like uh, they're very like cold or rude or anything like that, I think it's a sign Mm -hmm. that you don't want to work at that company. So it's yeah. like totally fine if you don't get that. I wouldn't beat yourself up over it because if you ended up at a company where people don't treat you well, like you're not going to be happy no matter if even if it's like your first job or not. So I think that's like really important to think through in the interview process that it goes both ways. You're also interviewing them and you're also trying to yeah. figure out if this is a place that you want to start your career at. So um, don't shy away from asking questions at the end of your interview. That's something else we didn't cover, but like, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you ask good questions to get a better understanding of the place and the, the work dynamics and if you want to be there. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I feel like sometimes people forget about that because there is only one of you, but there is thousands of companies. So you can always pick whatever company you want to. You just need to go on LinkedIn and there's going to be hundreds of thousands of opportunities. And sooner or later, someone is going to say yes to you. But most importantly, you have to look for the right opportunity and the right team is that is going to allow you to grow you and they're willing to mentor you if you are looking if you are a junior person. But even if you're a more experienced person, there is always a growth. There is always opportunity for growth. Wonderful, yeah, Christine. <laughs> so wrapping up with the podcast, you know, if people uh, listening to this episode wanted to get into um, uh, wanted to nail a UX interview. Uh, a LinkedIn or in any job or in any other <laughs> job posting, um, make sure you you nail down your narrative for everything from your portfolio 
to your edge scenarios in your previous role, make sure you can clearly and concisely explain what happened and why you made certain decisions and what were the outcomes of your decisions. Make sure you bring up some of your personality. Don't be scared of the, of the overall interview process. Make sure you talk about your hobbies. Make sure you crack a joke with the manager. Uh, treat everyone nicely. Empathize with people, for fuck's sake. They're humans. Uh, we're not robots. And another big important point that uh, Christian brought up was about, um, was about the preparation of the interview. So make sure you uh, prepare yourself before going into a whiteboard challenge, an app critique, a take home challenge, and a white. What did I miss? Um, a portfolio, oh, yeah. review. <laughs> a portfolio yeah. presentation. Yeah. Make sure you nail each one of those down. And maybe you bring a friend along or your mother and you repeat the. Uh, you, you kind of prepare, you repeat the, the, the process with them. So you can feel more confident when you're going through the job interview process. Uh, did we miss anything else, uh, Christine, or you feel uh, c- comfortable with, uh, with everything that we talked about? Do, do you want to add anything else to this? Yeah, um, spend a few minutes writing thank you notes, too. I think that will go a long way, so I'll add that as a tip. Um, yeah, and then the last thing uh, that I mentioned is just, like, asking thoughtful questions, because, again, you're also interviewing the company to see if you want to work there. So. Um, be intentional in terms of what you're asking to get a good idea of what the culture is like, what the team's working on to make sure that that's going to be successful for you. That's some solid advice, Christine. Look, if people wanted to contact you and get, get in touch with you, I know you're super busy, but if someone else wanted to contact you already, uh, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is probably going to be the best thing, <laughs> considering <laughs> that I usually have it open like 24-7. So if you want to add me, uh, shoot me a message. I always love connecting with people and, you know, just like hearing about your stories and how I can help along the way. One thing that I just advise is like, if you are sending me a connection request, just send me a message along with it so that I know like why you're connecting with me. Because I do get a lot of like people to request sometimes. And if without a message, it's hard for me to know if you're like, trying to ask for help or if you're trying to sell me something <laughs> so, <laughs> so make sure you make um, that clear yeah yeah uh, so or find me on a key list so you can always schedule some time with me there too wonderful christine and uh yeah for for the people trying to contact christine please uh, bear in mind that uh, she has a lot of people contacting her so if she's not going to reply to you is going to be uh, because she's probably busy mentoring other people or because you didn't make, make your uh, concept clear to her. So make sure you, you write your intentions clearly. And thank you so much for joining this show, Christine. I had a wonderful time today with you and being the designer, manager, LinkedIn, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm so honored you, you found the time to, to come to my podcast and share these wonderful tips. So thank you so much again for this. Yeah, no worries. It was a lot of fun. And um, like I said, I love doing mentorship on the side. So I'm always happy to talk to anybody if you are struggling as a junior designer or, you know, maybe you're a professional and you're trying to figure out how to break into management or get to the next stage of your career. So I'm very open to having a conversation with folks. So yeah, so hopefully I'll get to see you again soon too. Likewise, I hope so. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something useful and want to help me out in reaching even a larger community of new UX designers, you can subscribe to the show, leave a review on the Apple podcast and join our free Discord server where I post quizzes, book recommendations, portfolio reviews and job postings. I even offer mentorships if you're serious about landing a UX role 
and I can help you out with some of the things that Christine mentioned today. And if you want to help out even further, you can buy me a cup of coffee from my website, UsersFirstPodcast.com. Thanks for listening again to Users First. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to. Thanks so much again. Ciao.